This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon is the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. Came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been? And what it's brought back with it. The ship is reacting to us, and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? I have such one thing to show you. Oh, my God. It knows my secrets. It knows my fears. Vacate. I want off this ship. God help us. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. Welcome to Waffle Hunt Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mark C. Kelly. And uh, welcome to the show. Unfortunately, we're doing this over Skype because I'm on holiday and uh, Halloween. <laughs> and, uh, I tell you, maybe that's when my back's hurting because I've, I've just generally been lying down watching uh, stuff on telly and playing uh, video games. <laughs> whilst, my wife, whilst my wife is at work. And, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> What's your daughter been doing? Well, she's a teenager, so she uh, she voices round yeah. about yeah twelve o'clock, comes downstairs and points at her mouth, uh, and then uh, waltzes back up. She can't, she's getting on my week now because she's not only have I got you going on at me, I've now got her going on at me about watching Cobra Kai, and it's uh, she's done it, she's done it all, she's been to it all now, Best. all yeah, very well and good. Five shows, meant amazing show. You got to get it into is. it. But 
But it's did she saw the original and that? Yeah, she's seen the first. Oh, that's good. I thought, I thought yeah. she must know what the. Yeah, yeah, she knows all the characters. She doesn't. I don't think she knows much about Karate Kid too, but I don't think that's relevant really. It's basically a remake of the first one anyway. Yeah. Um, but the trouble is, is that she's been it's been taking her something like four hours to do her homework every night, and it should only take her half an hour. And she's watched all of the series, so I now know why it's taken all this long to do her homework. Things are changing in this house. Yes. Things are changing. Yeah, so far, far from the tree. <laughs> no, no. This but is we why we are where we are. <laughs> but we don't. We don't say that. We don't say. That. <laughs> but, uh, but today, we uh, all the three of us ventured out and went over to uh, to King's Eve, and uh, I went to the Heath Bookshop that, in oh, King's Eve. Yeah. Run by Catherine, our friend Catherine, and she asked about you and asked, asked about how the podcast was going. So uh, I cringed as I sat there talking about Waffle on in, in her very own bookshop. But we had a lovely cup of coffee there and we bought about four books. Uh, Isla bought three books and uh, I got Natalie a, a, a book about the history of Britain done by Giles Brandworth, a signed edition as well, which was yeah, so uh, but it's a wonder. You, I think you and Emma would absolutely love okay. it. It's a lovely little bookshop. Coffee's excellent as well, by the way. And uh, you, you can just they've got a nice little niche of books in there, and it's good to support an independent bookshop. So that's why I just thought I wanted to, I wanted to mention that because uh, it's it's you know so important to to visit these little independent bookshops instead of. And I know it's easy to do. We all shop at Amazon. We all shop at anything like yeah. that. But uh, when you get some of that special, and Casino I live actually ran about twenty odd miles away, <laughs> driving there was 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 pretty fair income. So uh, so that, so um, uh, did you watch the last Doctor Who? No, but I know oh. all about. It. I know all about it. Yeah. That, like I said, I, I, I know. Did you love it? Yeah, I did. Um, the only trouble I, I is, I can tell there's a bit of a reservation in your voice there because I know you by now. So what was the no. reservation? Well, the, the reservation, again, it always seems to be with, with the New Modern Who lately. They did it with Capaldi, where the last series of Capaldi was excellent, yet the first couple of ones were pretty OK. The same with Jodie Whittaker. She's not had great episodes, yet this one was a really good one. And the only thing that uh, irks me a little bit, there's, there's some bits in the story which don't make sense. It never really explains why the Masters dressed as Rasputin. Was it only an excuse to play Boney M's you oh. know, Rasputin <laughs> song, which, of course, everybody loves, especially when he starts doing the gyrating and the Cyberman and the Dalek look at each other. Um, it, it doesn't quite explain certain things, but everyone – and I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a great episode. Of course, I cheered when I saw uh, yeah. Peter Davis and Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann turn up in it in, in this kind of strange little scene where – it's where the doctor passes over. I thought that was beautifully wrote. I thought it's absolutely stunning. That's the kind of writing I want to see. Does it tickle the old classic Doctor Who thing? Of course it does. Um, did it make much sense? I don't know. Seems to. You know, I quite enjoyed it. And the regeneration at the end, I kind of had a feeling she was going to regenerate into David Tennant. Re- weird thing is, of course, he regenerated in new clothes, which has only really ever happened don't think it's ever really happened to be honest with you so that's obviously and people are moaning about that oh that's not right what was it because you've got to wait to the next story to find out why because even he looks at his own clothes because what in it yeah the trouble is is that when i went on twitter afterwards to see what anyone was talking about the only thing people were talking about was david tennant coming back yeah and and don't get me wrong it's great because i love tennant you know i mean but it kind of took it took the thing away from jody's final episode which i thought was a great episode i was gonna take because i watched it on because I was talking to Mike at work about it, right? Yes. You know, he, he's usually hated it. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I'm not going to have a, uh, you know what he's like. So I thought, yeah. I'll just look at the regeneration, you know. He said, oh, so what's the regeneration scene on my phone? Yeah. And I thought, and I, thought mm, that, I quite like that bit, but I thought, yeah, no one's going to talk about Jodie Comer because it's David Tennant. Yeah. 
Don't do it again. It's a <laughs> risky thing to do, isn't it? I think so, but I think there's also a bit of sense to a certain degree in what Russell T Davis is thinking about because he's. I mean, have you seen the new logo? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. If that's not telling you what RTD's got planned, I mean, this is the nine. This is the actually. It, people think it's a Tom Baker logo. It's not. It's the Jumper uh, uh, Final Series logo. Um, you know, it's virtually bang on. So you can see that he's going back. He's trying. He's going to bring Doctor Who back to not to the classic years because you can't do that in modern day rides. And you've got to you've got to have more expedition. You've got to have more kind of you know strong modern yeah. day feeling. You can't just have a person running off crying and screaming. You know, nobody wants that, and no one should have that. But I got a feeling he's going to be bringing back that kind of you know adventure, learning, and all this kind of stuff uh, than what we've had recently which has really been just been a mishmash of, of rubbish unfortunately and there's some nice bits but nice bits don't make up a, a story and you know when you and, and now that doctor who has got a deal with disney plus um that's gonna that's gonna egg up the you know the rate and also people are moaning about that saying no it's not on bbc america it's not on this and stuff well yeah but how much money will disney plus going to be paying them for this there's going to be a lot of money going to be involved in this and there's going to be ties to it. And that yeah. can't be a bad thing. And Russell T. Davis has already talked about stuff that he'd like to do little mini spin-offs here and there, like they're doing the Marvel Universe. Cause he said the future of streaming, the future of modern day television is having these little streaming spin-offs and everything like that, you know? So you, you've got, I love that. I mean, you had Tegan and you had uh, Ace turn up there. Well, what have they been doing? Where have they come from? You had, for me, one of the best things was seeing Ian turn up there, who was played wonderfully played by William Russell, who's 97 years old. Bloody hell. He was the first companion with Doctor Who, Ian and Barbara, along with Susan. Yeah, I'm out of that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted, why weren't Susan there? But in the day, it's the Doctor's granddaughter. She's going to turn up, I think, in the, in the next in next year when it comes back. And we've got to wait till November next year, which is, you know, 2023. Tenant in. It's going to be in. I, I don't know. No, people are saying, oh, he's in three. I don't think so. I think he's, he might be three episodes, maybe. Um, but as far as I know, I've only seen him recording the one with Neil Patrick Harris, who is clearly playing the Celestial Toymaker. Um, so, but we'll, we'll have to go. We'll have to wait. And we'll I bet he's had He must be paying a few bob to do this. Though, wasn't he, Tennant? I, I'm not too sure because it was a bit of a it was a bit of a look thing. It was just that they were doing some kind of little mini filming and stuff like that. And he jokingly turned around to RTD and said, Oh, what we should do something again. And he did it. And he got permission. Yeah, right. from also, I think tenant loves the series. Well, like Matt Smith, don't take it too seriously. Enjoy it. Matt Smith is still constantly says that his favorite role so far was Dr. Who yeah. because it's, it opens up. So I hope one, it opens up so many doors. Be like Richard E. Grant talking about with now and I never gets bored about talking about with now and I, yeah. because this is the thing that, that brings it out. So, Hopefully it'll be a good uh, 60th anniversary next year. And, um, you know, I don't think we're not getting anything at Christmas as far as I know. Uh, there might be a little teaser for children in need in November. Yeah, that, yeah. that always comes along so far. Um, what have you been watching? You've seen, oh, I said one thing before I will go. Is the, on the, the coming soon clip of Doctor Who, you do see uh, Nikuti uh, Gatawa. I think that's how you say his name. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. Where he just briefly says, "What the what the hell is going on?" and he sounds just like Eddie Murphy in coming to America. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he's even got the little moustache. So I was like, "Oh man, this, if this works, this could be really, could be really cool." So, uh, but yeah, have you seen anything of Twenty Eight Days Haunted on Netflix? <laughs> no, because me and my wife cannot watch anything like this because my wife is a, a like, I mean, like a zealot when it comes about believing in ghosts. Where right. I am. You can't get more opposite. I cannot watch anything with ghosts. I can't watch it. 
Right. Swinesfield. Have you watched it? <laughs> yeah, I watched all Have six episodes. <laughs> she hasn't watched them yet. No, okay, watch it. <laughs> One, because it's actually really quite interesting about the. It's basically. Well, about, it's, obviously, by the way, you're laughing. It's obviously well, something really shit that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, the very last scene. But, <laughs> yeah, I know you've got that. But, my butt. Uh, there's three groups of people. This is the premise. There's three groups of investigators, right? They've all got different kind of things, and they're blindfolded and taken to three different places. You mean like yeah. the way we podcast journalists? <laughs> but yes, podcast journalists. They've all got a medium with them, and they've all got a kind of in, uh, a sound expert or something like that, right? So they go to these three different places. One's a uh, an old lodgings. Another one is a hardware store, and another one is a uh, just a, a, a big house. And the six episodes are on for 30 minutes each. So they're not on for long. And they have to spend 28 days in each yeah. place with no mobile phones or anything like that. Where is it? It's in America. It's America. in America. There's different types of America. I think one's Pittsburgh, one's Detroit, one's somewhere else. Anyway, I can't quite remember. But the trouble is, is that because it's an American program, right? Yeah, we, all, we love Americans for one thing and one thing only, their enthusiasm for yeah, everything. Yeah, enthusiasm, like. yeah. So their enthusiasm, their drama is all, is just naturally comes out to the point where you go, is this for real? Are you taking a piss? As <laughs> if it was, is this, the reason why they don't do these things properly in England no, no. because you'd be sitting there going, you'd hear like a, you go, what? Yeah. It's the, it's the pipes in it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> in America, it's like, oh, they come back. There's something going on. You know what I mean? So it does add the drama. But what is interesting is that, through, I mean, whether look, I'm putting my hands up now. I've, I've, I've binge watched it. Whether it's all a setup or boom, who knows? I, I don't think it is. But they do find out truth throughout the whole of the thing. They've got these like a demon box or something where ghosts speak. I oh, know. Everyone's always in the back of the team. Right. Yeah. Which is because it's all done by radio waves now. They've got the modern technology where they can pick up certain sounds of certain waves that go by. The infrared scene where they find something in the garden is very weird. Right. Very weird. Um, but the fact they come up with these facts and they work out what has happened to these people and they don't know anything about it. They have no idea what they're, what they're there for or anything like that. Now, if they're experts in this giant, they might know what the story is. They might have seen photographs before. They might even know the picture of this family. They look and go, I know who this person is. This person well, that's what family. happened in most haunted word that the Derek yes. Cora was like, in, in, in go there about three days before. Yeah. So yeah memorized everything and that's how they got caught out. Exactly. So, now, now, but it, it, it's worth it. It's well, worth it. Is it entertaining? Oh, it's thoroughly entertaining. And the <laughs> thing is, is that you can I must. I I sent Chris Morby a, a message at work. Oh, he's a you know. Yeah, yeah. I said you got to watch this man because it's one, it's funny, but two, it's also, you know, to get in the mood for Halloween like we are at the moment. It also there was a little bit of me watching it going, I'm a little bit disturbed by certain things here. Some some of them feel quite right. Do you know what I mean? And I, so I, I, honestly, I'd watch it just for you and Emma. One for Emma yeah. to get really into it, and for you to sit there and just go, yeah. oh really? Because I'm as you know, I'm, no, oh, no, come on. Well, no, that no, no, because no, no. of that no. age, that's where no, you no, want to no. watch stuff, isn't it? No, I no, because some of the things. Are young yeah, because there's one bit that describes about uh, uh, incest, raping, and, and and all that, and it was like no. And I must admit, even I went to bed and I had a bit of a nightmare one night because yeah, yeah. because of it. So it's worth. She's going to be that age too, where she's going to start wanting to know about this kind of stuff because 14, 15, that's where you get into ghosts and that, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And she's she's talking a lot about how because she's doing this film stuff and that where she's making little films. She's kind of starting to get into horror and she starts oh, yeah, to yeah, ask yeah. me questions about stuff like The Shining and all that. So yeah. I, you know, I said to her, look, if there's anything you want to yeah. watch, I will watch it with you you know what i mean yeah. and we'll go through it i mean we did that when she watched lord of the rings because when i tried to get her to watch lord of the rings when, we, when she was a bit younger she was not having any of it because she was scared about the bloody um 
you know, the, the, the orcs and everything. It's not now until she's going to make in a film. She understands the making of him and all the plan, you know, the, the facial stuff. Yeah. And like that. So anything you watched while uh, I've been banging on? No, 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 to be honest, I'm just, you know what? I am plowing through and I can only describe it as plowing through <laughs> season four of, I keep telling you, Starship Discovery season four. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's so bad, you know. It's so bad, yeah, that I can't help but watch it now. <laughs> and right, I, I want to talk about something without sounding like a wanker. Oh, okay, I'm well, wanker, right? Okay, well, you, you put it, you put it out there. So, right, anyway, basically, in the future, yeah. in the Star Trek world, there's no white heterosexual men left. Oh, right, they're okay. gone. They're gone. There's none, none on the, there's none on the ship. None. Not one on the ship. It, it's, it, I'm, I'm not saying if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but surely diversity means everyone mm. not ignoring. It's re, it's so weird. Right. And I was, I've been on chat rooms reading about this. That I understand Star Trek has always been, I suppose, the first woke series anyway, wasn't it? Right, with diversity, diversity, you know what I mean? I've got no problem any of these kind of problems, I've, but it was always in there that Gene Roddenberry was obsessed with this kind of stuff, and he he wanted his show with that in it because it was the 60s mm. brilliant idea, always has been. But it's gone so far over now where the agenda, mm. right, is more important than the the perfect example is. I can't think of the the species. You know the you know there was like Dax in DS9. Yeah, Trill. Got like a character, but there's something inside her as well, isn't that Trill? Trill, yeah. The Trill, right? I always love that Trill stuff. It's really interesting, right? You know you've got like a Trill character in it, but right, they spun that so it's about transgender people, and it's a whole story about being transgender, and it's. The problem with it, it's done rubbish. Leave them that character alone, the stuff mm. with the trill and that. It's been done. Right. If like I said, when you watch the Orville, they do that story because you got the women who are, you know, the you know, the characters who are like born men. No. Yes. That's it. The cut that's it, that's it. The the change them all to men, don't they? So there's yeah. no women. And in that in that episode, they do an episode where where one of them wants to be a woman. Right. Mm. And it's a brilliant show. So it's not about the politics. It's the way it's done. It's done like a bloody sledgehammer. And it so winds me up that I've got to keep watching it now. (laughs) But the problem is the fucking about with all this so much. The story gets left behind. Mm. And the story in season four is so goddamn awful. It gets good. And they have to cram it in in like one episode for... You know, when I'm watching 13 episodes, you know it's mm. bad. Where you could, someone said, what happened in 13 episodes? I don't know. I, no I can't remember. And mm. it's not because I'm high before anyone thinks that. <laughs> that might have something to do with it, because that's the only way I can get through it. <laughs> but I don't know. And, I will, you know, I, I'm not going to give up because I love Star Trek. So, so um, yeah, so Discovery is a little bit. So there's no, you're telling me there's no, there's no William Riker in, in it. The, 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 no, 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 there's no heterosexual white men in it. Oh, right. Okay. Well, no, that's not really ticket boxes, is it? There's like 25 cast members, right? Mm. And none of them. And I'm thinking, it's a bit weird in the future, isn't it? What's happened oh, there? Is exactly. it far in the future? We've all been killed off. Yeah, we've all, we've all just killed I, ourselves I, I, through I, I annoyance. I don't expect the captain. I don't, I just, just have it more, 
the agenda's so in your face. Mm. And that's what winds people up, I think. Yeah. They've got no problem with characters. Star Trek has always been about that. It always has been. And yeah, because especially with like the Trill, because at the end of the day, Trill was always about, you know, Curzon Dax, uh, Jadzia Dax. So you've gone yeah. from a bloke, then to a woman. It's a bit like the Doctor Who scenario, isn't it? So there's, there's, it's not even an issue. And when when we, we talked about uh, Terry Farrell's uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Jadzia yeah. Dax, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, I used to be a bloke. I don't ever remember thinking anything of it. It was like, oh, that's cool, cool, isn't it? That, that symbiont is like... Is, no, but the you know, weird thing to do with the trill in this one is to take the trill out of her, right? Yeah. And grow her body around it, and it's got a body. And it's like walking around and thinking, that's not the bloody trill, is it? <laughs> why ruin the trill? The, the point is, right. they'd be like really old. That's why Cisco is just called it, the old man, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, old man. He's been in there for all these people, and that made it interesting, didn't they? Been from all these different people. Mm. Now it's like, ah, oh, take it out. Let's ruin that that species and give him a buddy. What? So do you, do you think? I mean, what's the ratings like for Discovery? Crap. But they yeah. said that they're, they're already filming the series at the moment. Series five. But I think that might be factly to do with more to do with the deal they had. Oh, right, okay. Do you know what I mean? Because I think if you look at the writing scene, that and uh, Strange New Worlds, mm. Strange World kills it. Because Strange World does it right. That, like I said, that last series weren't perfect. It, no. it wasn't. Like all Star Trek series, only half are any good, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And I think yes. they need to up the rate a bit. But it was finding its feet, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. getting to know these people. And they're going to bring Scotty into it next. Like, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean... Well, I presume if Scotty was, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, we need key for this one to find out if Scotty was. Well, well, you mentioned but... Scotty because you heard him speaking, didn't you? Oh, you did, didn't you? you yeah, did. yeah. Because I, I saw him. It was I in that amazing him. last episode, which is one of the great which, Star Trek episodes. A brilliant episode. That yeah. episode, bloody hell, blew me away. That did. But uh, I mean, he's I got, talking, I, you hear Scotty talking, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I got to see via uh, our, our listener and our friend Phil. Uh, not going to say uh, Phil's last name. Because I don't want to get into trouble. Because uh, he uh, he sent me them via Dropbox, so I could watch them. Because I'm not paying for Paramount Plus, and uh, I, I, I've got to get rid of a, a, an, another streaming service before I can justify paying no, for. No, no, no. I said what you want to do is just wait till Picard's all on. Mm. And then just, been, just you can it. wait. Stay away from it for what? What? what how many episodes is going to be? What? Mm. Ten episodes probably. Ten episodes of Picard. So that's what two and a half months. Then yeah. have just binge it. I mean, the thing is, is that I'm I'm not uh, the only I'm not really bothered. I don't care about spoilers. To be honest, if I read it, I read it. I, I, yeah, with Doctor Who, I do. That's why I always watch it straight away. Um, with anything else, I'm not overly bothered. I end up googling it anyway because I've got I've got an attention span well, the of a spoilers knot. in that trailer anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Sounds I mean, back in it, didn't it? Yeah, and if they all die, well, they are old. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Oh, I finished watching all the series of Lower Decks. Uh, that still continues to be excellent. Yeah, um, I'm trying to get back into it. I just like, I just, just sort of fell out of love with it, really. I'm just like, that's how we've talked before about animation really struggles to grab me these days. Yeah, I, I just think you've got an, animation and someone using the F bomb is brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, <laughs> especially in Star Trek, love it. And uh, of course, we we caught up on She Hulk and and all the other stuff, so that's all good. I suppose we should really start You're talking like, about what we meant to be talking about which will probably be about a quarter of this whole podcast <laughs> <laughs> so Kel, what do we do before we start talking about it and what is like it some kind of theme tune yeah we're going to play All the right. opening theme go on orbital
Yeah, man, I love Orbital. I do. Yeah, I do. I love Orbital. And for anyone who stays towards the end of the podcast, well, at the end of the podcast, and you should, no reason why you shouldn't, uh, we're playing the Glastonbury 2010 uh, Doctor Who theme tune done by Orbital and introduced by Matt Smith. So, Cal, what are we talking about, mate? Talking about a blast from the past, literally, Event Horizon. Event Horizon, yes. Came out in 1997. We saw it at the cinema. I remember uh, that. I think we were with two girls at the time. Uh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, is no, this going to no, put no, us no, in a predicament? So shocked that we <laughs> was women with us. <laughs> what? Yeah, really? <laughs> no, we were with. Yeah. Uh, Marianne and Linda. Really? Do you know he stuck with me because when I watched this film, I don't think I watched it since I saw the cinema. Did you? Yes, because I bought the VHS box set collectors edition. Right. And, it, and I was like I said, loving it so much. And then it just like had a proper like a Proustian rush when I thought, bloody hell, I remember being in the cinema then too, and them two being really unimpressed with it. It's about right. Oh, I shall have to message you later on. <laughs> just say that. This is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Written by Philip Eisner. Uh, music by Michael Kamen and Orbital. Uh, it came out in the United States 15th of August 1997 and a week later in the UK. Running time is a brilliant 96 minutes, this version, should be said. More about that later uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it had a budget of 60 million. I tell you what, that's pretty big for them, weren't it? Oh, God, yeah. And made 42 million at the box office. Uh, it's recouped its money because it got a cult status via video and then later DVD uh, releases. Um, starring, we'll go through the list here. Lawrence Fishburne as Captain S.J. Miller, commanding officer at the Lewis and Clark. We're not going to talk about Lawrence Cal because we talked about him in Apocalypse Now. So anyone who wants to know more about Lawrence Fishburne, please download the Apocalypse Now episode. It's a great episode because me and Cal have a good old big yarn on that one uh one of my all-time favorite actors sam neill plays dr william g billy weir designer of the event horizon he was born nigel don john dermot neill on the 14th of september 1947 in uh county tyrone northern ireland um he first achieved recognition with his appearance in the 77 film sleeping dogs but the majority of people know him really for uh, the omen Three, yeah. The Final Conflict, which is a, a great film. And he's in one of my favourite films, which is called Death in Brunswick, uh, with a uh, fellow old person who I got to know before his death, uh, yeah. John Clark. Um, great actor, Cal. Brilliant actor. So much gravitas. He's just a likeable bloke. He's just likeable. And I, I think he's brilliant in this. Mm. He's oh, really, one thing about this film, I think the cast are, are top-notch in this film, don't you? Yeah. It's yeah. a proper, even, you'll talk about your man's son in a bit. But uh, he's amazing, isn't it? But uh, I, I'll tell you what I feel I really like him in. Have you ever <laughs> yeah. saw um, uh, Hunt for the Wild? Uh, Hunt for the Wild? A bit. No, I've got no, that. Hunt for Red October? No. Uh, Dead Calm, which I... No, I love him in Dead yeah. Calm. No, he's in a brilliant yeah. film, Taiki Watiki film, about him going on the run with his uh, nephew. It's called Hunt for the Wild People. Anyway. Um, okay. Not on my anyway, list. great film. Oh, okay. No, that's cool. I noticed he was in Peaky. He was in Peaky Blinders, yeah, he wasn't was. he? It had a really good Northern Irish accent. Well, he well he, he should do because he's come from County Tyrone. Yeah, but you just don't you think of him as a new Kiwi, don't you? A, key, a Kiwi. I mean, he owns a vineyard called Two Paddocks, and his wine's very nice as well. I should point out. But I do remember in Dead Calm, and that I remember. 
I kind of remember Nicole Kidman mourn because she's so hot in that film. Uh, and and mate, you see nipples, and you know, I think that's what we all remember in that yeah, film. Yeah, 1989, a year of uh, <laughs> young. I think <laughs> we're talking people. about my sexual awakening again. <laughs> no, we don't. We've never episode about that. <laughs> that's caused too much of a stir. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of people know him from Jurassic, uh, the Jurassic Park films, really, don't they? So you know, um, I never saw one Jurassic Park in my life. I've only seen the first one. First one. Mm. Have you not seen any of the new ones with Chris Pratt? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, I can't be bothered. Uh, Kathleen, oh, no, oh, Kathleen Quinlan as Peters, the medical technician of the Lewis and Clark. She was born Kathleen Denise Quinlan in uh, Pasadena, California, November 19th, 1954. Um, she's, I, well, I didn't know this. I recognised her face quite a lot. And I was thinking, where have I seen her? She played Marilyn Lovell in uh, uh, Apollo 13 which was uh, Tom Hanks' wife in that one. Uh, she's in Airport 77. She's in Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, she's also in, uh, she played Jim Morrison's wife, uh, Patricia Kenley Morrison in uh, Oliver Stone's The Doors oh, as well. So, bloody hell, completely uh, forgot about that. Yeah, and she also played uh, Kurt Russell's kidnapped wife in Breakdown. Oh, it's a great film, that is. Great film. I recently just gave that away. Slightly annoyed by that now because yeah. he's a great fan. You need to do that and you, you, you get rid of him. Oh, I'm never going to watch that again. And then you think, oh man, I want to watch that. It's more like, like uh, Russell being every man beating the shit out of people. That's what you fucking want. Yeah. Uh, Jolie Richardson as Lieutenant M.L. Stark, uh, communications executive officer at the Lewis and Clark, born 9th of January 1965 in London. She's 57. She still looks absolutely amazing. She really is. Uh, she's a very good friend of Richard E. Grant's and uh, helped him out with uh, he, when his wife was passing away. Uh, oh, related, right. to, related to the Redgrave family. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, recently starred as uh, Ethel Grills in uh, The Sandman. So I don't know if you've watched. Do you know, I still haven't that. done it yet. I've got to get into it. I've, I've heard, I've heard so, so with it, though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think he's always, I never read the comic because I, 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 I thought yeah, it was... I, out of my, I'm not putting myself down, but I thought it was slightly out of my league. Uh, so I, 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 yeah. I was going to ask you this, Ron. Mm. Is it not just all bloody too theoretical? There's stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll be shallow. I love action scenes, I do. Has it got action scenes in it? Um, I I'm not expecting bloody, like, Fast and the Furious. Not, really, not really. It's a bit like, There's I mean, you, you have Stuff. Oh yeah, no, no, it does, and 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 it stuff happens so that you follow it really well as well. Yes. So I think it's really worth a go. But you you didn't you didn't really give good omens a, good, a go, did you? No, I know. I, I, yeah, it's Neil Gaiman, isn't it? And Neil Gaiman again, yeah, very much in the same pace as a good omens. I think it's really worth giving it a go. I think you'd probably really enjoy it on a Friday night. Oh, right, you know right. I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, cool. No, no, I know everyone's going to it. Looks amazing. Oh, it does. I mean, it's you know, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. It was it was. I tell you what, I haven't continued watching, and it's not because of I'll give up on everything. I just haven't got round to it. It was Wings of Power. I still got quite a few of those episodes you left just, to watch. Just I had too many. I had too much to do. Just haven't had time to to sit down and and because uh, I watched all of She Hulk, um, which I, I thought I, I was catching up, and then I realised actually that I. I'd watched every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've done it all, and I was like, "Oh crap, that was." I don't think I'm supposed to have done that. Or something happened anyway. And because you know, we were talking about, uh, you, we don't binge stuff and everything like that. And then I, yeah. I think I said something, and you were there looking at me going, "I don't remember that." And this thing is because no. I any watching. Anyway, um, Richard T. Jones is T. F. Cooper, rescue technician of the Lewis and Clark, uh, born Richard Timothy Jones uh, on January the sixteenth, nineteen seventy-two, in Kobe, Japan. Oh, all right. 
Cool. So interesting. Um, there's some other people on here we don't don't really need to go into apart from well, two others. <laughs> Hello to Jason Isaacs, uh, yeah, DJ yeah, yeah. medical doctor, the Lewis and Clark. You know, I, I didn't remember him being in it, did you? I suppose, though, when we saw this, he weren't such a big actor, was he? No, but don't you think, though, that both Hello to Jason Isaacs and also Sean Pertwee don't have an A no, that Jason badly Isaac at all? <laughs> yeah, and Pertwee does as well. He's, yeah. I mean, okay, we'll go into Pertwee in a minute. Anyway. But yeah, Jason Isaacs, born 6th of June 1963. He's 10 years older than us, born in Liverpool. Um, of course, a lot of our younger listeners were known for us playing um, Malfoy in Harry Potter. Uh, Sean Pertwee is W.F. Smitty Smith, the pilot of the Lewis and Clark, born Sean Carl Roland Pertwee on the 4th of June 1964 in Hammersmith, London. Of course, he's the son of legend Jerry actor John Pertwee. Now, I did actually tweet Jason Isaacs, Sean Pertwee and Sam Neill. Uh, earlier this week to let them know that I was recording about Event Horizon in the hope they would reply, and I didn't. So Especially Sean Pertwee, I'm not being funny, he never had the stellar career. Basically, he, he, was, he was like Sean Bean before Sean Bean, where if he was in a film, you know he was going to generally die, Sean Pertwee, weren't you? Uh, yeah, apart from Blue Juice, was it? Is it Blue yeah, Juice, the surfing the film? the surfing one. Yeah, with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that film. I do like that film. And uh, he's also very good in... Sean Pertwee in Doctor Who. No. He's, he, has put, he has put the outfit on for a Halloween thing we did with his kids, and he looks so much like his... I mean, he does look like John now. He's, yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. older. But no, I don't think he wants to... Um, that's his dad's legacy at the end of the day. And look, he knows... He's not afraid of the fact that people love his dad, and he can't get much better than that at the end of the day. But no, I don't I don't think he'd... Uh, ever, never say never. Do you know what I mean? Never say never. But... Um, I think he's really got most notable to to one of your favourite programmes, Gotham. Yeah, I loved him in Gotham. I, 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 I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, I was going to say Jeeves then. Can't believe that. <laughs> Same uh, thing. Was, <laughs> <laughs> he's brilliant in it. I really liked him because he's... He, I, don't know, I know a lot of people that hate Gotham, but I, I know it's bullshit, right? But it's made up, in it? It's, it's comic, I, it? I this thing, if it's made up, you know what you want with it, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought... Like it. Just don't watch it, do you? Yeah, exactly. I, I saw some episodes, and I, well, I saw of it. I quite I, enjoyed it. You know? I really I mean, enjoyed I it. I lost the city. thread. I lost the thread of where he was. No, going, but, like yeah. all these things, he just went on too bloody long, and there's too many episodes. A bit yeah. like stuff like the Flash and all that. There's too many bloody episodes that now. I yeah, think too sometimes many. six episodes. It's enough. Yeah, that's why we do TV programs so well over here, where we just do six episodes, and that's it. Oh, I should point out, I am nearly at the end of series two of Boston Legal. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> How many series of that was that? I think there was five. So I've still got a lot more uh, Alan Shaw and Danny Crane to enjoy. So it's, it's, uh, it's great stuff. Um, finally, the director. Let's talk about Paul William Scott Anderson, uh, born 4th of March 1965 in North Tyneside. Uh, he went to the University of Warwick, close to us, of course. Uh, film editor, producer and screenwriter, married to your uh, your love of your life. Mila Djokovic. Mila yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's most well known really now for doing uh, being part of the Resident Evil film series, uh, which he, I he's think got, he directed. He's got a bit the, of a bad rep, but a lot of people don't like him because he's a bit of a hack. I, I, oh. So you got people like Commode and that, they all hate him. I've been of a hack. But I don't. I just think he does stuff that he wants to do. Well, what, 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 what is a hack then? What's I the don't know. What, they hack? always use this as a hack. What does that? What he directs films? Yeah, well, do you say the same thing then about Michael B- uh, Michael Bay? Do you say the same yeah. thing about who's the one who does the bloody Transformers films? Uh, you know, uh, everyone will be shouting that's not. You know, it's all boom and explosions yeah, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. Well, 
How many? How much does his film sell? <laughs> People go and see him, don't they? I don't. I, I hate. That's the thing I hate about reviewers. I hate all this bullshit where it's like, oh, it's a ha- does his films make money? Yes. The 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 um the Resident Evil games. Uh, the the series first. Sorry, the series first six films, which Anderson directed four, have collectively grossed over one billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. To me. Right, don't get me wrong. I'm fully aware that just because he makes money doesn't mean he's good. Avatar, Star yeah, Wars, yeah. Phantom Menace. But people are seeing him. The idea of making a film and getting bums on seats is you make films that people want to see. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm all for art house films and I'm all for like the low budget films that me and you like to go and see. Um, but if it's made a billion worldwide, he's doing something right, you know. Uh, no, that's, you know, it's like I said, I've saw all the visible films on the cinema. I've been every mm. single one on the cinema. I enjoyed oh, right. okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I love the games so much. And they're nothing like the games. And they don't make any sense. But I've got to say, for spectacle, amazing. One mm. thing you can do is spectacle. This film's a perfect example of that, isn't it? It's got yeah. some amazing shots in it, hasn't it? Now, I know there's an influence in this because especially the actual um, the, the Event Horizon uh, hub, you know, the, the thing that sends them to the black hole, heavily influenced on Hellraiser's Box of Delights. You can see that, it, you oh, can see that he adores you know Clive Parker. I was about <laughs> to say, I was going to text you this when I watched it. Back to back, Event Horizon, Hellraiser. What a brilliant back to back film that is. Oh man, absolutely. And really also, I'd, I'd throw in Nightbreed into that as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, because I, all the way through this, especially the especially the corridor with all the the metal, the grinders yeah. going round. I was thinking, this is so Hellraiser, man. This yeah. is like, and it makes me want to go and watch Clive Barker. It makes me want to watch, you know, original Hellraiser, just the first couple of films. I just want to go back and watch it. I want to get Nightbreed back again. I want to have my books of Clive Barker, which I hadn't, unfortunately, yeah. I have no idea where they've gone. Because, the, and this is what I love about this film. I sent you that text when you sent me one, because I, when you said, oh man this film's this film's ice and i went yeah looking forward to watching it and then the next day i sent you that message going this film's fucking amazing man it's about wicked fucking brilliant <laughs> it's film. it really is uh now i have done some notes but we'll just go through because we're not as we do as you know we don't do breakdowns anymore but funny enough the first start of the film was pissing me off i don't know why i, I was there going why is this why is this ship so fucking long man yeah <laughs> why have you got this massive metal thing in the middle you're there going that makes no sense whatsoever. Wow. It's something that's going to have to fold through space and yeah. get through it. But what a beautiful model. What a yeah. beautiful model. But I loved that. Yeah, I forgot about that shot at the beginning when it first is on the ship and there's that bloke walking around, isn't there? And he's the mm. captain. And he yeah. stands and puts his arm out and there's like a cross. Isn't that? Oh, yes, yes. I'd forgot yeah. about that bit. And you think that sets it up straight a bloody way. Yeah. So much fucking religious imagery in this film. Oh, and also, I mean, I think it may well be in the the, the facts. I don't think I don't know if it is, but there's there's images to a certain degree and and nods to virtually every re- well known, should we say, religious thing, whether it be uh, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, anything like that. There's all little symbols about it throughout the whole of this film, which I quite like actually, even though. I didn't pick up any of them. It wasn't until I was, I was watching the making of film afterwards. I thought, oh, my God, this is the, the kind of thing. No, I'd say, like, this is a film. You do need to watch it a few times. That's what I'd say. Because Perfectly, I'd just... not, perfectly not straight after each other, though, because it is no, disturbing. No, no, no. <laughs> it really is. It's got I mean... so many layers of stuff in it. Because I was looking online, and there's some proper fans of this film. I was reading some of these fan stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. And also, as, as well, I, I watched all the deleted scenes that are available as well. A bit after oh, I've done that. Film. Yeah, so we'll talk about that and then, then go find – they're on YouTube. There's also a, a retrospective making of 
kind of thing but that's you don't really need to watch that because it goes over the same thing and i actually think this film although it's been cut to buggery is a strange strange expression but uh, that's, that's uh, <laughs> <really> <laughs> yes i suppose it is actually think about it but um i think this film makes perfect sense i don't think you need to have to explain it because it's basically about the the black hole takes you to hell hell to hell yeah it's hell to hell there's no there's nothing else about it it just takes you to hell and he's possessed that's the whole thing and you know he's possessed which at the beginning of the film i was there going why the fuck is he having a shave in a mirror when the sink's on the other side of the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there going, why is he doing that? Is Why aren't you shaving over the sink where the drift went? And then you realise the fact that what are the, funny enough, this is one of the things I was telling you about 28 Days Haunted. What are the things about demons? Where do ghosts communicate a lot through? Mirrors. Yeah. Mirrors. And he's possessed at that point. He's already possessed because he's dreaming about his wife and he's no eyes. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you don't know she's committed suicide. You just think she's died. It's not no, yeah, later on. You realise that? Yeah, and she's taken her own eyes. Like, well, she didn't take her own eyes when she killed herself, but in his head, that's why he's possessed. So already, you, you know, you don't know that at the beginning. It's not until you've seen the film and you think about it. He's, possessed, he's starting to be possessed already. That's why in one of the deleted scenes, he demands to go on the ship because originally he's not supposed to go on it. No, he's but not. He, no. no, he demands to go on there. Well, I, I love the daylight station. The daylight station took virtually the whole of the budget to build oh. that station and to get it right. You know, I was going to say again, fucking models, isn't it? Models, models. Man. models. You know, you know, I was say, you know, what film reminded me a lot reminded me of, like at first Alien, practical, yes. practical. practical. Mm-hmm. Any, you know, I don't care about you know Marvel. I got all this money to do all this CGI stuff, and my problem with a lot of space stuff is it seems quite anodyne these days it all mm. looks the same build a model you know yeah. that bit in the star trek thing about that was the problem with enterprise wasn't it they mm. never built a model and this is models yeah. and it looks so much better because it's got a bit of heft to it hasn't it yeah it feels weighty it feels like yeah. you can touch it i mean there's a, the scene in the, the the marvel film where um tony stark's dying on the and he, but he's actually sitting in the made cockpit yeah, okay, the outside CGI. But you can see he's touching stuff. And yeah. it's like, you know, we said it before about Lord of the Rings, how great Lord of the Rings still looks because they use models of various sizes. Phantom Menace doesn't because they didn't use any models. It's just a green screen. And whatever you say, you know, you want to be able to touch stuff and move stuff and pick stuff up and feel it. With this, everywhere they walk, in fact, I think the only green screen that's in this film really is the computer terminals, which amazes me. Because yeah, yeah. when you see the making of behind the scenes, it's like they're looking at the computer terminal. It's just green. Yeah, and you're looking yeah. going, well, why didn't they just have a, a thing? But, of course, you know that. If you film a TV screen, it flickers because it he flickers, moves at yeah. a different rate. And that's the reason why he goes, of course. You know, um, as you said, Sam Neill, man, he, even when he just turns up, there's a presence about him. He seems to be able to command something, which is, I think, the reason why all the actors in this film really do pull their weight. Because Lawrence Fishburne, oh, we- acting against Sam Neill... Re, you believe he's a captain? Yeah, and, you think, and, and he never like panics ice. like no. a captain wouldn't. No, no, captain you get a lot of problems. They always fall to pieces. Why are you a captain? Mm. He's always calm, even when he's going really bad at the end. He's really, really calm. Yeah, yeah. Even and when he goes, he's got so much authority, hasn't he? Yeah. And the only thing I don't quite get throughout the whole of this film, and I think it might have been in the edited bit, why is he so bitchy towards Stark? Yeah. You know, was there something? Was there, you get the impression there was a relationship between them somewhere along the line? Do you know what I mean? But he's really quite hostile to her. Yeah, I think you're going to put this in the bracket. What you're going to talk about in a bit? This is like the lost cut, isn't it? So no, obviously, lot, yeah, yeah. people talk about that lost cut. We'll talk. Well, we'll talk about it in a bit. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Um, 
going into that chamber and 56 uh, days before they, they wake up, which is a, gr- a brilliant thing, that oh, whole kind of sleeping. How claustrophobic would that be in there, being in that water? Oh, no. no, oh, no, no, no. I don't care. That's been horrible. <laughs> There's a lot of claustrophobia things in this whole film, which, the one, which make, also is another thing about him being possessed because when he gets onto the ship and he, the guy goes, uh, Jason Lodge goes, are you, are you claustrophobic? And he goes, yeah, I am. And he gets in there. Later on in the film, he goes through little mini corridors. He doesn't uh, bat an eyelid. Yeah, why yeah. Isn't he, what, he why isn't he batting all the things out? Yeah, yeah. Again, that's another thing. It's not him. It's, it's uh, you know, that's where that's where you go. And it's not until afterwards, like the, the the idea of us doing these podcasts is, it's not until afterwards you're talking about it and they're going, oh man, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, which is, yeah. which is good because it makes you makes you think of these things. The whole thing about the gravity drive, man. And originally, the, the gravity drive wasn't meant to look like that. It was just meant to be a kind of like liquidy kind of thing, almost a bit like Stargate. Yeah, but I think that whole turn oh, is wicked, isn't it? Is brilliant. You've got again, it's in homage to Hellraiser. You see all the the spiky bits. Why why they have the spiky bits? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I think they, they also the thing about it's funny because maybe this is the reason why I went in, I went to watch that Twenty Eight Days Haunted was because of the watching this film where there's a lot of seancey bits when they get that recording of the 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 um what's it called the SOS and you hear the Latin in the background. And it's really quite disturbing when they break it down. You're hearing all the screams and everything like that. And I love that because it is quite disturbing, even though he gets the Latin wrong. But, I mean, he acknowledges Mm. that a little bit later on. But one question I have. You mentioned about a ship, having a look about it. Oh, this is good. This thing suddenly kicks off. One arm off. Yeah, that's me. I've gone. I've gone. (laughs) I would not put my hand into anything I didn't know what was going on. Would you put your hand? Oh, this... Now, lava looks lovely, doesn't it? You know when you see lava? It yeah. looks like a turkey. Oh, it looks beautiful, bit. doesn't it? You it want to eat beautiful. it, don't you? Yeah, you want to eat it. You want to put your hat in your wall. Should I? Well, yeah, no. well, it wouldn't. It's liquid rock. No, yeah. And you just, it'd be gone. Gone. Why would you do it on a spacecraft that you don't know anything about? It's gone missing for yeah. 17 years or whatever, seven years or whatever it is. Would you put your arm in it? Yeah, no, no. No, no. So what does he? He's supposed to be a bloody rescue mission kind of guy. Yeah. Now, uh, I think, right, because he goes into that thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you think there was extra stuff there with him, or do you think that was always left? In the I, last cut, we were talking about a bit, but just this little bit now. Do you think there was stuff with him in there, or do you think that was never in it? Do you think no. you never saw? No, never no, saw. because that, that would ruin the later uh, yeah. explanations, and that would, you know, the, the later big scene that comes up, which is incredibly cut. Um, no, I think I think you are left to wonder what's going on, because it adds the it adds the tension to the, well, where's he? He's been pulled into this gravity drive. He's disappeared, but he's still on the chain. And the whole thing of pulling him out, I think, is brilliant. And the fact that he's he's almost dead, you know, and 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 then like you know he's hallucinating and all this. I mean, the whole bed med bay scene, I think, is just that to me is when this whole film really starts to pick up. Yeah, yeah. When when because we've all seen it, you know. I tell you what, it reminded me a little bit like remember Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum, yeah. where Batman goes into the morgue and the bodies sit up because of the scare. Great game scenes. God, man, that was but, that's so mad. But I always think there's episodes like that. There's a really interesting bit, isn't that? When you've got uh, Jason Isaac's character, right? Hello. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's, you know, you think he's okay. But it's that bit where he flips, doesn't he? You know, and puts the blade mm. to his neck, doesn't he? Yeah. And you think there's more to that. What, why is he like that? Why is he like that? Because when he asks him to deal with him later, he goes, yeah, I'll deal with him. Then yeah. picks up really weird crap weapons. You know that bit? <laughs> Like, yeah, want to pick up a sword. Yeah, so there's You've got a fucking knife there. 
<laughs> you got everything you want there. He picks up a very small saw. There's yeah. obviously again, there's obviously more to his character. The fact yeah, that he's a, he's a medic, which is which is another thing. But again, this is what I'm saying. It's when you watch that program, there's things that they say about the fact that if you if you're spending a lot of time in a scenario where there's apparently bad demons, bad yeah. bad juju going on. It starts to affect you. And this is where I think you get it, where people start arguing and start bitching and do that. They, they, they covered it in like Avengers with the staff when they all started knocking. You know, so I think that's probably part of that. But there's a lot more to Jason Isaac's character that we don't oh. know about. Uh, it really is. And I think you couldn't do it now. Or maybe you could with CGI. I'm not too sure. But there's something in that where there's a, there's a great story behind him because he's really calculated. He's really calm. But well, he's meant to be the... Like, yeah, and he's... Yeah, I mean, he's meant to be the doctor, yeah. but she's not in the room with the patient. No. It's really weird. You leave the woman in there with the patient. When, and then when she sees that the body, the, something move, and she goes to the body, and the son's in there, that was a cut scene. Okay? Uh, when, when you see that, it, that's the, the, it pans down to his legs, and you see some maggots on there, just a little bit of maggot. Yeah. That's longer. You, know, there's, you see lots of maggots pouring out of this skin, and him just looking up going, Mommy, like that. Mm. And you think, oh, yeah, but... Is it worth cutting it? I think so. Yeah. I think so because he, like anything, like we said before, the best horror is in your head, in your imagination. What's going on? You know, if, if, if that's what's wrong with all this gore horror that you get these days, or slash horror, which was nothing like the slasher days we had in the seventies. No, you want to base stuff. I hate jump scares. I do. I don't mind a bit of jump scare, it's but not, when you when you get repetitive or obvious yeah, jump scare, it's not scared. It's a physical response. It's a physical reaction. The best kind of thing I saw in a film where it was you had that scenario where it was all quiet and they were walking around the door and you were waiting for the jump scare and it never came. Yeah, I liked that because then you're waiting for it and then you're you come, and then because you let your guard down and something happens later on and then and then you know something good about it that which is um the bit I like in it is the bit where he's like. Where uh, that weird thing goes, uh, come on, baby bear. This is really weird, isn't it? Calling him baby bear. Yeah, I that know. Is, you know, horrible, that bit. When it, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you'd be a lot more damaged than that, though, wouldn't you? If you're rolling well, around in space. <laughs> I, I don't, I, look, I, dead, I, I think you die. Instantly. Don't you die straight away? Yeah. There's you wouldn't be like in a ball thinking, Hulk, keep the tuck, keep the tuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that I'm just, sure. I'm sure the pressure would want. Well, he yeah. does, his eyeballs do blow out, don't they? Yeah. Right? And he's, he's, so that, you'd be fr- you're fucking frozen as well, wouldn't you? You'd just freeze. Be... All, your, all your insides would would go implode, wouldn't they? But even in that bit, that's what I like. We've like. Uh, Miller. That was his bird. He's just yeah. really, really calm. Yeah. Really and the calm. way that he's shooting up and yeah. grabs him and goes yeah, in, he's like. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Yeah, I mean, that whole airlock thing is like a great bit of tension, a great yeah. bit of writing where he just walks in. The way he in. flips back, doesn't he? He comes back yeah. and he's scared. Yeah. And he's there going, what's going on? And you know the reason why he flips back? The demon leaves him. All right, because he's going to die. Yeah, well, if you eject a demon into yeah. space, where's yeah, he going to yeah. go? I mean, uh, you know, if, we, if we're talking here as a, as a demon, I suppose. But I think that's brilliant where you sort of get the panic. The only thing is, right, is that if you've operated the airlock from inside, surely there must be a button to cancel it. Right, there's got to be an emergency thing. That someone, health and safety, would be all over that, wouldn't they? Yeah, there must be an emergency stop button. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere you go, there's an emergency stop button. Are you telling me that? Also, ah, that was the other thing that that annoyed me. Let me just go back back a page in my my notes. Right. Why date films? Why date them? Yeah. You you could just put 20 years' time. Yeah, because back then, like, 2015, apparently, we settled <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
What? But what? What makes that more annoying? This was made in 1997, well, and they're saying 2015. It's like, hold on, well, you know, they, haven't they not learned from Space 1999? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. You shouldn't put dates on it. No, no, especially something like this way, because they could just say 20 years from now, we put a we put a, a, a yeah, city yeah. on the moon. Because 20 years from now, it could be any time. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? in 30 years' time, you're watching it. You go, oh, in 20 years' time, they're going to you know, just do it that way. That always annoys me. Uh, what's your things about the Burning Man? Because this is where you find out the reason why Miller is so kind of like he does not want to lose one of his crew members again because he's already lost one. What do you reckon about the, the whole kind of effects on that? Really good. And is that, and that, is that, it's got to be CGI there, and Is that CGI or is that a burning no, suit? No, that's CGI, that is, yeah. That's CGI. I used to love it when they used the burning suit, but you can't really use them anymore. You can't wear no. that much asbestos, can you? <laughs> Fucking hell, no. <laughs> no. I don't think there's many, many stuntmen going, yeah, man, load me up. I mean, I think well, there is some flame. Right. That I like the way that Lawrence Fishburne, even though they're trying to get into his head, but he's so calm about it. Yeah. He knows he did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with that. They all try to get to everyone, don't they? And they yeah. all get freaked out, apart from Lawrence Fishburne, because he never gets freaked out ever. In no, anything. no, that's why I put in big capital letters, Fishburne, Fishburne fucking ace here. You believe he's in charge. Yeah. And you do believe that because you believe yeah. that he's in charge. You know, he wants to look after his crew and he treats them a bit like shit at times, but you'd believe it. Now, the bit another here where... You know, because another thing that really dates it for the 90s as well. Go on. Everyone's smoking. <laughs> I know... Like in space. <laughs> Jim, give me later, have a fuck up in fucking space and burn all the options. Yeah, yeah, burning all the options. Oh yeah, where everyone was smoking. Yeah, <laughs> ev- everyone was. Yeah, you, you're nothing better than seeing a film these days where everyone is just on the tabs. <laughs> it's like you're in space. That cannot be good for fucking the the what the oxygen and the machinery having a fucking tab when you walk. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know that a couple of like uh, uh, Sean Pertwee's character and Cooper, you know for a while they ain't just smoking. They're on a bit of a you know after session if they're chilling out. They would do. I'm not that you can smoke in space for obvious reasons, but you know that once they fix that ship. They were back in there, chilling out. (laughs) I love the thing as well, where when when he translates the first bit, where he says, save yourself. Yeah. And then he realises that there's another bit at the end of it, and it's actually save yourself from hell. Yeah. Everything at that point of translation, you suddenly realise, you know, what what the hell is going on. Yeah. And I I think then, you know, you get the audio scene, which is caught on the the cameras. Now, this is the... This is a, this, the scene that really stuck with me. But I remember it, it isn't, obviously, but I remember it being longer in my head because it's really quick, that scene. And yeah. I think that was like 20 minutes or something in that last cut, Bernie. No, not, not that long, no. I mean, if you look on YouTube, there is a version of it where they've taken out the cuts to the other people around watching it. Ah. So, so it does seem a bit longer. But I think the thing is, because it's so traumatic, I think one of the most traumatic things is when you see the bloke putting his, his fist in his own mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I'm just going to jump into my little trivia thing here, uh, and hopefully I can find it. Yeah, some of the last footage includes a great deal more of the Bosch-influenced hell sequence and the orgasmic video log that was found in Event Horizon. These were shot by both director Paul W.S. Anderson and Vadim Jean, mainly on weekends. The video log took a month of preparation and about a week to film. And according to producer Jeremy Bolt, real life amputees and porn stars were dressed in extensive makeup to make the sequence as grotesque as possible. Figuring that if we're going to go to hell, you might as well go to hell. Uh, You've really got to do it and you can't tap dance. Um, 
there's obviously influences there from like uh yeah they say they're Hieronymus Bosch and uh Peter Bruegel uh the 16th century Renaissance painters yeah there's, I know there's, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of famous picture in it yeah, but that bloke who's putting his his hand down, his arm down his throat is an amputee, so he has no, has ah, no hand. That's brilliant uh, reading, though, isn't it? Yeah, and the sex it going on in the background is the porn actors oh. doing it, so that way then you're actually using professionals in both, yeah. both both genres, so you are actually seeing sex going on, although very discreetly done. And I think what helps that that scene is the cutting of all the grotesqueness added in. Now it was a lot longer, and apparently in the test audiences. Several people walked out, and a lot of the, well, some of the head producers uh, vomited. Yeah, cause that's, and it's true because I thought that's bullshit. But then I read about, and I said it really did. People were vomiting, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, because when you watch it, and I actually put on here, I, I put at the bottom, uh, I agree with the cut. Now, normally I wouldn't agree with Carl. I think, oh, Amanda, but no, I think what you see is enough. Maybe a couple of seconds more, maybe just to so that you see what's going on. But you're getting people's you know skin being pulled apart again we're going back to hellraiser here with the yeah, yeah, yeah. That. The, the whole thing is what well, you know when you saw jason isaac's being gutted and then hung up above the thing actually that way they do that as well they film jason isaac's underneath the table so it looks like a reflection so when you see oh, his face right. that's actually jason isaac's and he was because he couldn't hang there because of the weight interesting fact he wanted to keep his body cast like afterwards to take home with him and they went no you're weird you're not having that <laughs> you're not you're not taking it home and sticking it in your living room for people to come yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's quite grotesque i think there's pictures online of him, of him and also sam neil being next to it but when you start seeing those those kind of things i mean i always remember in hellraiser the whole thing with the the skin and the hooks being pulled you know and i think that is quite a, a horrific image you know oh have you gone To our, to our listeners who don't know, we've just lost all recording. Yeah. So we're coming back. We're coming back in. But I think I was talking we just, about... We've just been to hell. <laughs> which, yes. Yeah. That's, that's where we've been. They threw us out. I went through the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, two talk too much. We don't, we don't want them. <laughs> Even my daughter said earlier on when we was in the bookshop, she went, Daddy, you're waffling. <laughs> I'm saying, going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just yeah. having a conversation. But I think there's, 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 there's so much of Hellraiser in this film where you realise that there's... Sometimes the great thing about horror is, is is stuff that you know, like if you lost a nail in a, in an accident or something like that, or you've 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 pierced your skin with something, those things hurt, and it's because it's a realistic thing. And if you think that could happen to you, it's like the whole thing about fishing. The one thing I oh, never liked the idea about fishing, fish hook in the eyes. I mean, <laughs> that, that must happen. I mean, that has to have happened. Yeah, and you imagine that. I mean, presumably it just get you the the oh. lid. But what if you got the cornea and uh, pop that? I know I can see your face, Ella. You know, pop the lens out and the lens was on the end of it and then dangle it. <laughs> um, don't put that in the you know, There you that, go. That's, that's what I stop. I hate fish hooks. Yeah. Fish hooks and razor blades. And, and Siamese twins. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, 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 Siamese twins with a fish hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, I was, it's, it's a really horrible thing, but I just, I just can't look at it. My wife's got always sending me bloody pictures, and I open it, and there's like some Siamese twins. I don't know. I should feel sorry, but <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not great, is it? It really. Is. Now, there's, there's the whole possession thing a bit later on with with Doctor Weir. As now, originally, the original ending of this was the Burning Man and the fight with Miller. Oh. That was the that was the original ending. 
that didn't work out very well for test audiences. So they, they recut it by putting Sam Neill in that place, which is why he's still burning. And then you see Sam Neill's face. So they oh, kept the original right. ending and just superimposed that on and had Lawrence Fishman do his, do his new things. But again, I know I keep banging on about it, but the look of his face with all the crosses and the cuts going yeah. across it, so good. Yeah, because you can't, oh. can't kill him, can they? No. Because they have killed him, didn't they? No, because no. he's a demon. Well, yeah, they've blown him out the front, which is really good with Cooper. That's a bit of a comedy moment. No. Where he's, he's floating yeah. towards the ship. motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's the nicest when you get a motherfucker, come on. And he's, it's... <laughs> It's it's without being it's stereotypically the black oh, man yeah. who's going come on there motherfucker <laughs> and he, goes, he goes oh shit I can't stop and that, well, that's really good it is actually really good but you, you know that's never that can't I mean we're saying that wouldn't happen I mean look at us we're talking about bloody side film you know what he's expecting to do because he just flaps on the glass on the windscreen yeah and then he goes then he goes, there then then he, then he yeah. just fires a fucking gun at him and he's oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah then he gets blown off again somewhere else and you're there going what the hell's going on here you know and he's, he's drifted off somewhere but he's still really good and i love the fact that it's again it's lawrence fishburne who blows the whole ship up by having you know or contaminate now when they come back um i put their dj killed by the badly that's about right um when they come back and yoshi's dreaming about the fact that it's it's dr weir who's doing yeah, it. yeah 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 the end scene where you know the door closes, that's supposed to symbolise that that's, the demon's still there, and, oh, it's still, right. and it's still on that ship somewhere, which which is up to you to you know up to you to kind of think about. In, yeah, interpret. I mean, is it? Uh, we were talking about this about doing something that we wouldn't normally do for horror, for being just Halloween and all this kind of stuff. This is classed as a sci-fi horror film. I actually think it's a horror suspense film as well. I think suspense is such key to this kind of kind of film. Yeah. Are there are there any other sci-fi horrors that really spring up to mind at, at this kind of level? Apart apart from Alien. Apart from Alien. Yeah. Apart from Aliens. That's, uh... Oh. It's a hard one, isn't it? It's hard, yeah, because so far horrors, I really like so far horrors, it's not a massive, I suppose there, is, there must be some listeners out there. Mm. Anyone Would... listening out there who knows a really good sci-fi horror in this ilk, mm. put it on the group. What do you think 2001 is? With the, the, the with Dave, uh, sorry, with Hal going, taking over control of, with, of Dave, you know, saying, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. That's quite yeah. horrific, really. I suppose when you think about it, the thing's a sci-fi horror. Uh, yeah, both of them. Both Think about ships. it. Really? Kept in a, yeah, you know, could be a ship in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Alien presence. Being people being. Also, is the thing dated? You know, does it actually say no. 1982? Uh, I don't think it does, does uh, it? No, it don't, well, no, I saw that I can't remember it. I've I, don't, I don't think it does. I mean, apart from the, you know, ABC computers or whatever it is they use, I mean, the clunky keys, which I still love clunky yeah, keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's playing the chess game and he <laughs> spills his whiskey on it. You think, what did you do that for? That's <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, it, you, 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 would, you could imagine it now. Yeah. You think about it because the yeah. clothes are all the same. The, yeah. the, the, the buggies in, in the snow are still the same. Yeah. I suppose I suppose you could class almost like um, the old kind of like sci-fi stuff from the 1950s, like Invasion from Mars, yeah, yeah, you know, War of the Worlds, and all this kind of stuff that you could class as as, uh, as sci-fi horror. Yeah, especially it's the one with body snatchers. Body snatchers can mean a lot of things, can't it? You, anyway, you think spaceships, mm. but it can be it can be anything that's scientific that's not around in it. Anything mm. that's science-based. Yeah, and apart from I mean, maybe June. I suppose you could class June yeah, as a bit of a sci-fi horror. You think about it. 
Yeah. Mm, anyway, anyway, deleted scenes. Uh, a briefing of Weir about uh, the finding of uh, the event horizon and the return of it. He, he, that's a big, quite a big scene. That is. That's available on YouTube. There's a tooth scene. Now you know when the, all the, 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 the they find bits as they're walking into the spaceship. There's actually a tooth that Lawrence Fishburne's character picks out of the, uh-huh. the, the out of the air, and it's not just a tooth. It's actually got the root connected to part of the, the, the jaw as well all right so it's kind of light and they keep that which is quite an interesting um the bloody audio seems a little bit longer um there's a bit where Weir comes down the ladder but he comes down upside down and that's influenced by the infamous exorcist scene where the, the oh, girl comes right. down like, like a spider that's in it and you see that as well that was filmed and that's yeah, on the delete that in a bit i'm gonna watch these in a bit uh yeah more of the miller uh thing and the guilt of him and stuff like that uh, and I've just put hell. There's the bit of hell where you see you see hell a bit more. Um, that that was extended as well. That was a really long scene where you see the visions of hell. Uh-huh. And there's a, there's a lot more of that with their own crew are killing themselves and doing stuff like that. There's a lot more to that. A lot more to that as well. But yeah, if you can go and check it out on YouTube, just put in uh, event horizon yeah. deleted scenes and and you'll be in for a wee bit of a, a bit of a treat at this time of night. <laughs> uh, there is some trivia just to finish us off. Um, yeah, the initial court was 130 minutes long. Oh, no, but have you read that? That, that I was reading in, two, did you read this, that in 2017, hmm. someone got in touch with him and said he's got a video of it. Yeah, it says here, although it was yeah. announced in 2012 that producer Lloyd Levin had found a VHS tape that might contain might contain a full version of the film. Anderson revealed in 2017 that neither he nor Levin had actually seen it oh. yet, and they had both been too busy to be in the same country with a VHS player. Although he believes that the condition of the copy will be too poor to use, Anderson stated that he's still excited to see what's on it. But you can't believe there's not better footage around than that. I know they say they destroyed it. I do not believe that. Studios say these things. Hmm. I suppose it was film. If this is pre-digital, isn't it? Yeah, and they just cut, they just cut stuff. And because also bearing in mind as well that as he says. You know, at, at this point, there was, you know, DVDs weren't around. And so you didn't think about keeping his stuff for, for you yeah, know, yeah. Ex- and think people would be interested in, in looking at it. You know, we are interested in looking, but of course, back then, you don't think so, which is why then you started getting double videotapes where yeah. you'd have the, the making of stuff, which to me was heaven uh, back in the day. Um, director Paul W.S. Anderson said that the movie's cult status was predicted to him years before by Kurt Russell. Anderson's, yeah, Anderson screened Event Horizon before they started work on Soldier. And Russell said, forget about what this movie is doing now. In 15 years time, this is going to be the movie you're glad you made. It's true. It's true. It like I said, I think it's sort of forgotten about film, really. I know it tanked at the time. Mm. But I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's like, I thought, because would you remake this? No. I think it's going to be left. But I can imagine another story with the same well, oh, yeah, yeah, with the demons. Someone go, you know, them looking for the, sh- you know, so you want to know what went on with this drive. You could easily have it like set 50 years later and someone finds this file and they want to know what went on and what went on. And they've got, you could have Lawrence Fishburne probably in it, couldn't you? You could have him talking about it, saying, well, no, you know, well, I was the captain on this ship. Well, you can't because he got, the only way you could do that is if you had, say, that the um, the black hole was open and strange things were happening afterwards. And, and, and Hal's coming out of there. Yeah. Bear in mind, Lawrence Fishburne's character got sucked into the black hole with, yeah. the, with the drive, didn't he? Yeah. So you think about it, in essence, he's still in hell now with the Sam, Sam Neill character. Yeah. 
But yeah, the best that's, explodes, that's, doesn't it? Just that's what I mean. Sick. You could yeah. easily have that, couldn't you? With them going to, you know, someone's getting messages from him. Yeah. He's in hell. That he's still there, yeah. Still that'd there. Psychologically, that, that'd be madness, wouldn't it? So good. And yeah, like, it'd be a lot cheaper to make now because you wouldn't have to build all the stuff yeah. like you had to then. And you could have Cooper in it as well. And you could have Stark in it as well because they're still alive. Yeah. So that'd be quite cool. Um, where have I gone now? I've lost, lost where I've gone to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eisner, who wrote the movie, he wrote it as a family tragedy. Uh, he had <laughs> recently entered a multi-picture writing agreement and, in effect, to force himself to go back into work. He pitched the idea of the shining in space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you can kind of see you that, can can't see you? see that. You can see that. Uh, Sam Neill requested that the Union Jack on the Australian flag patch should be replaced with an Aboriginal flag, as he thought that's what would probably have happened in 2047. Which is about... Which about right? Yes, yeah, so all the uh, all the, the insignias on yeah. there are kind of different. Uh, the model now. This is for our geeky friends here. The model of the Event Horizon includes a complete X-wing from Star Wars as part of an antennae array. The model is visible on the lower portion of the Event Horizon uh-huh. during the first flyby by the Lewis and Clark. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, let's have a look anything else that we stay that we haven't already mentioned oh the watch in the spinning tunnel at the start of the film is an Amiga Speedmaster which is the same watch watch worn by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin oh right Edition. that's good <laughs> um, oh this is something this is something you'd appreciate when Dr. Weir opens the blinds in his room during the opening sequence of the film a whooshing sound effect can be heard this sound effect is taken from the video game Doom, which is heard when the player opens the door. <laughs> oh, right. There you go. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, among those in the audience in 1997 was Galaxy Quest screenwriter Robert Gordon, who was amused enough by the notion of the meat grinder tunnel that in response he created Galaxy Quest's infamous corridor filled with chompers. Yeah. Ah, that's really good. <laughs> uh, the airlock that the ship docks is an unlucky number 13 in Roman numerals. This film became a cult hit among different media and even inspired games such as Dead Space and Doom. Yeah, definitely Dead Space. I love the game Dead Space and it's so much like this. Uh, and this is the last one. Poor W.S. Anderson, around three minutes. During the opening dream sequence, a book floats past the camera featuring a picture of the director and his name. The oh. director himself jokes about this detail in DVD commentary, saying it's his autobiography titled Paul Anderson Alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite meta anyway. It's quite cool. Yeah, That's so, really I mean, yeah, it's, it's available cool. to watch on... Uh, where did we watch it? Was it Netflix? Was it Netflix? I think it was it? Netflix. Ooh. One of them two, weren't it? It's what one of them... They're I all blended in these days, isn't they? I know. I know. It's definitely not on Amazon. On you got, you got to pay for it on Amazon, but it's definitely available on, on one oh. of the other two streaming formats. Yeah. So. And definitely, if you haven't seen this, go out and watch it. And, and as the time of year, it is a brilliant Halloween movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely one to watch. You know, turn, turn all the, uh, turn the, the lights, lights out. Turn the lights out of night if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Now, uh, what, do we know what we're doing next? We November. don't because we just, like, we just try to... We always say we always change, so I think we'll learn the lesson <laughs> just to keep storm, and we'll yeah. say later in the month. That's it. Yeah, we'll just we'll just pop some out there and uh, and hope for the best more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, happy Halloween to everybody if you believe yeah. that kind of shit um, and watch a good horror film watch this one if you can and uh, we shall see you next month bye you've been listening to Waffle On if you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com you can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, and away you go.
This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly.
Jackson three at the big.